say? I remember being a teenager and being told that rosé was like training wheels for one because I'm pretty sure that the very first thing I ever drank was like a Californian Zinfandel. That like I'd probably like before I moved on to the Jackson Triggs Chardonnay. (laughs) 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 Horror that was the... The year of like 2001 or something. So there was no non-vintage cuvee buffet rosé? No, remarkably. I don't think, yeah, they must have had a bottle on the list, but no. No, I was drinking shitloads of Zinfandel. I love rosé. I do too. Especially in the summer, easy drinking, sit on the barbecue, or not sit on the barbecue, sit near the barbecue. It's funny though, isn't it? Because it really is, I, I still find it surprising that it's such a seasonal drink. I love pink wine. All year round. Me too. The winemaker that I know that said he wanted to get a t-shirt made saying, only real men drink pink wine. (laughs) I I thought that was brilliant. Like quiche and pink wine. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because I think in every different city or market, everybody has a different idea or a different view on rosé, right? right? What rosé is to them. Yeah, like for example, in Berlin, it's like rosé is not a huge thing. No, but like really. in, in London, everybody, all the clients that I deal with, oh, we need to get an extra rosé on. It's spring now, you know, yeah, because yeah. They, the demand will be totally. there. And then as soon as the weather changes, they start to take it off. I think also because it, it's strange because when we talked in the past about like what we should be trying, when I think about what the average person thinks about rosé, they think that rosés are like a bit of residual sugar, that they're a bit sweeter, that they're like easy. I think people forget that there are complex, interesting rosés yeah. that have depth, that have some balls to them that you can really enjoy that aren't just this throwaway thing. And I don't know whether it's just the color that throws people off, that people are like, ooh, rosé, that it's maybe not that serious, but I think it can be fun, but it can also be serious. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think actually it started to change. The the last few years it has started to change where, you know, like before it was, whenever I did a wine training, I was like... (laughs) Sounds really bad, what I'm about to say. But when we tried rosés with like some of the restaurants I work with, I'd say, you know, we're going to try these, we're going to talk about the producer, we're going right. to talk about the wine. But what you'll probably find is that when people come in the restaurant, they'll have two questions and this is all they're going to want to know. Is it pale? Is it dry? Yeah. And I think, you know, and rosé was kind of like a... It's, it's bizarre because when you look at white wine, you look at red wine, rosé wine is kind of like, it's its own little checkbox. I've got a rosé on the list. Yeah. Done. Boop. That's yeah. enough. Right. Um, and I think... Base is covered. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you look at it, like most rosé that you can buy in a supermarket or from your local corner shop or whatever, they all sort of fit a similar profile. So there's not that yeah. much difference between them. Although I wonder whether that's like having grown up in North America. I don't know. I feel like Europeans drink maybe drier rosés then I feel like North America like when I think about rosés was really like the sweeter Californian like Zinfandel that was pretty sweet interesting yeah so I wonder whether like I mean North American markets generally I think like things with a bit more sugar in them anyway could be wrong but I feel like that's my memory as a teenager of like the first rosés I drank well it's interesting so I just came back obviously from working on um the list for the newly opened Chotomate in Miami which is in South Beach and I did a bit of research on, like, Miami as a market. Right. Talked to different importers, different sommeliers that were there. Um, learned a little bit about what was imported, what sold well. Um, looked at, like, dozens of wine lists for restaurants, right. like, all, all in preparation before going there. And then, obviously, when you're there, 
eating and drinking around and you kind of get a sense of like what people are yeah like you want to understand what people want and yeah, totally. what's happening and what's what can you do that's going to be interesting that maybe someone else is right, doing exactly. yet or what's missing and right. um i was quite amazed how big rose is in in North miami north i north guess north. because yeah, it's, it's like summer beach. perpetual summer kind of an area yeah. but i was amazed that it was like you know um we have like maybe eight rosé on the list yeah and that's quite a small list for like miami yeah. by miami standards like people that's want crazy. them in bottles magnums double magnums and they don't care how much it is the more expensive yeah. the better and they like the selection and i was quite impressed because really when you look at a lot of lists because yeah, i feel like London, usually it's like, like one two, two yeah it's like really underrepresented and then it's like really depends on the taste of that particular song that's put the wine list together it's going to be like two that are kind of the same or they're nondescript, or they're like, they don't have, they're just sort of there to please yeah, an I, audience. And I think also that's, a lot of that is like, it's not actually down, it's not completely down to consumers. I think that's also to do with people that are selecting the wine. Well, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like the taste of, not the not the customer, it's the taste of whoever's made the list. They're like, okay, I have to have a pink yeah. wine. This is what I can handle, or this is what, whatever. It's sometimes like the throwaway section, which is too bad, because I think there's lots of fun stuff. Drink pink year round. Yeah. I think you should drink pink. <laughs> yeah, I think first wine that we're starting with as well is like, this is so delicious. When would you not want to drink it? I mean, it's going down really, it's yummy. I had a bottle last week too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I love this. Oh, and I this is too. like completely dry as well. But um, so the wine that we've got, is how do you pronounce it? Radice. Radice. Yeah. From Paltroneri. And delicious. it's, yeah, it's a Lambrusco. Um, but it's made with, there's lots of different types of Lambrusco mm-hmm. grapes. This is Lambrusco di Sorbara, which is apparent, has a thinner skin and is paler, which is why it comes out like a rose color and it's made more in the sort of style of a, of a white wine. So like very minimal sort of skin contact, but like completely bone dry. This is also pet nat method yeah, as okay. well so it finishes the fermentation in the bottle but so easy to drink definitely smash back a couple of these a few weeks ago at a barbecue if you ever were to drink in the morning <laughs> not saying that i do but, but if some you of ever us were, have this, this would be perfect. Oh, it's great brunch wine yeah it's not too much of anything 11.5% alcohol yeah. it's light it's refreshing there's some nice fruit it's got that yeah. sort of like candied sweet and sour fruit going on a little bit um, but really actually. really super fresh and alive and slightly cloudy because obviously um, it's pet nat, um, and it's a, like it's unfiltered, but yeah, I really like it. There's this wine, and then there's another Lambrusco from Corticello, which is a rose as well. That is actually on the list at the Mickelberg by the glass. And I just from the pop up we did, we had yeah. the Lambrusco as yeah. well. And I well, just think it's sold, style, like people were just loving yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a style of wine that I think people absolutely love. This light, fresh. But I think pink, also juicy. sometimes I always think like Lambrusco that's going to be like super sweet. And it's not always like this one's like stewed rhubarbs and strawberries, yeah. you know, it's like that. Well, and it's pink. It's not a red wine either. Right. Yeah. But it's got that, like, it's everything that you love about spring. Like it feels like it's sweet, even though it's dry, you know, like there's that. Yeah. It's got fruit. Yeah. Like, fruit flavors like, and sweet flavors. Yeah. I like it. That's sort of sweet and sour. Yeah. I took this too. Yeah. And I think it's a nice entry wine for people that want to try something, you know, a little bit more in the natural direction. But I think it's also um, not that expensive. If I remember rightly, this one's also like 50, like I, I feel like when I bought it, was it maybe between 15 and 20 euros? Okay. I can't remember exactly, but I feel like it was the last big batch of ordering I did for home. I tried to spend under 20, so it would have been... Did you buy it? You bought it through Vinicultur? Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Because I feel like I bought a couple of things that 
27 but I feel that was like some, yeah. something different no good price point and like a lot of fun and I think it's like uncomplicated that most people can get their head around it you don't have to be like a natural wine nut no. to appreciate it but I think all equally Somme's wine people love it as well so it's like it's because yeah, I think you could give this to someone that's like never had natural wine and they wouldn't necessarily go like "Ooh, this is what's up with this wine I think yeah. they would just be like yum that's delicious mm. give me more Mm. very drinkable actually everything that we've got is pretty affordable today how much is this one that's more expensive so that's the that's the splurge yeah. today mm. everything else is quite reasonable yeah these are really these are amazing mm. it'd be interesting to see how that tastes i hope it's still good it's been coravined we will find out we'll find out dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's the cliffhanger <laughs> Well, I'm gonna be like sad. Be good, yeah. I'm gonna be sad to move on from this one because I've been quite. Enjoying Should I get us like, an extra couple of glasses so yeah, you can right. keep it? Like, I want to keep it. Okay, you are. Thanks. Just give it a sniff. So we've got two Provence rosés next, and then we've got the Kek Francoche rosé, which looks like it's. I don't know if we should do that before the Provence. Yeah, rosés. I actually kind of think that you should. I feel Have like it's, this I've before? had this before. I feel like I've had it before, and I feel like it's not as maybe let's just try it then let's do I that i think because this is also probably the cheapest one we have today i think okay. this one retails for about maybe 10 to 12 euros it's a super Paul, I feel like i'm some, ready i mean so your hands someone, someone so brought what? this it's a twist off <laughs> oh, someone yeah. brought this to me actually. i've got my corkscrew yeah. for you <laughs> i feel like someone actually brought this to my house but i really like homol wines so is it pale no it's no not. it's not <laughs> It's a really nice color, actually. Is it dry? I hope so. We'll find out. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had this one, so I don't know. But I really like the color. I've never it's... tasted this, actually. I didn't know that they made oh, it. It's rose. so creamy. It's like yeah. cream soda. It does smell like cream soda. You're right. Well, it smells amazing. But like in a super candy way. But I love the color because it's got this sort of like magenta tint. Like it's not rosé on the orangey red scale. It's definitely like got a bit of like a yeah, lot of pink to like, it. Yeah, pinky purple. Lots of pink. I don't know that that's fully dry. No, I don't think it is. Mm. I feel like it could be a bit colder, but I think it's okay to taste it at this temperature because at least mm, you can actually flavor. taste it. Yeah. But if yeah. I were going to smash it on the balcony, I'd probably want it a bit colder. So, where are Hummel in Hungary? Like, what was the name of the region? So I wrote this down. Well, it is. It says on the label. This is Vilan- it. Isn't it? Yeah. Vilani. I I was trying to Google translate the pronunciation yesterday, but any Hungarians out there, let us know. So I do feel like it, it said it was at the the most southern parts, the warmest. There we go. Yeah, it's the warmest, southernmost tip of Hungary, and it's more famous for its opulent red wines. Okay, three hundred forty miles from the sea, sub Mediterranean climate. It is. I think the other grapes that are popular in this area would be. This is not the most popular, I think, from this region, but it's becoming. Seems to say that uh, they focus more on Bordeaux varieties. But this one, I actually was I was doing my little reading yesterday. It says 1.5 grams of residual sugar as well. So I guess it's not that. I thought it, there would be a bit more, but just yeah. so you know, I checked. It's like, okay. I had to check. <laughs> you had to oh, check yeah, to like, know okay, for sure. But I didn't realize that this was Blau Frankish. Yeah, Kek Frankish yeah. is the Hungarian word for oh, I didn't Frankish. know that until okay. yesterday. Yeah. Which I which has other names, but mm-hmm. Lemberger. Lemberger. Yes. Lemberger, yeah. Yeah. I had a delicious Lemberger on the weekend actually. Known as the Pinot Noir of the East. I guess Blau Frankish does have a similarity to Pinot. I find it I find Blau Frankish though a bit more ballsy than Pinot. Like it's more there's more structure yeah. there. Um and like this sort of sappier quality to it, more herbaceous. 
little bit more, yeah, like this tree sap, earthy yeah, I can, sort of quality that I get from Kek Frankosh or Black Frankish. For a long time, they thought it was a relative of Gamay. Because actually, when you do a Google Translate from Hungarian into English, it translates to Gamay. So I was a bit like, what? So when I was reading, really? yeah, apparently until they had DNA abilities, they were convinced that it was part of the Gamay family. I should get my wine grapes book. I but it's that. not. I yeah. guess they've like since discovered that it's originally from, yeah, I mean, Blau Frankish. So like the blue grape from the Frankish region, which would have been like the original German territory, the Frank, the Frankish, the Germans. But what do you think? I mean, it's probably not my like absolute favorite rosé, but I think it'd be pretty straightforward with something to eat. I'm honestly not a huge fan of it. I'm it's quite a bit, shocked. Yeah. I really it's love cloying, the smell. It's a bit flabby yeah. and it's just lacking a little bit of like backbone. Yeah. It's funny because it's got like a creamy, I really loved the smell that's sort of like creamy, but then it doesn't, yeah. I don't find it interesting flavor no, wise on the it's palate. It's a bit like, boop, there it is. I feel like it's a date with somebody I just don't want to be yeah. with on this date. Like you, you could probably to, push you're through. You could push to try through. And yeah. a decent conversation, <laughs> and you're just like every time there's an answer, it's like that's not the answer. I feel like it's not the worst. Like I could push through and drink it all, but it it would be like just yeah. to get it done. <laughs> I'm not going to try and find like any metaphors for that. No, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. I actually had a hard time mm. finding much about this particular wine because it looks like they've scrapped this particular. And I was looking at the website, there's like no um, description. I know, I just checked on the website as well, and it just says like 100% cake francoche. That's it. And then it's like it lots looks... of strawberries. And no, but that's and... the other one. The This particular one, the bumblebee one, maybe they were like, we don't maybe they were love like, it. Yeah. We realize we don't love it because I generally like Hummel wine, so. I know you do, Gwen. I know. I'm always drinking that bloody Gewurztraminer that everyone makes. <laughs> I don't know anybody who drinks so much Gewurztraminer. <laughs> Entering my Gewurztraminer years. <laughs> That's not not yet. <laughs> not yet. Twenty more years. Yeah, I'm just training. I need at least another sixty years before I get there. Oh, I love it so much. I have to be honest. It's blah. It's, it's just like it's like you cherry. Know what I mean? like, it's a bit like cherry cream soda. I keep thinking, where can I tip it? <laughs> That's bad. I know. I'm sorry, Hummel, but this is a fail. And I don't think I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think well. I guess I don't mean it in a positive way. <laughs> You're like, but, don't mean it in a terrible way. I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think we need to be honest, don't we? Absolutely. I, because I love those wines. Like, yeah, me we, too. We've shared a few together, yeah, we like have. the Harsh Levelu. Oh, I love that one. so delicious. So good. But this is just... I mean, there must be, like, someone that would... I was so excited for this, but it's just... I know. It's not complex. I mean, it's no. cheap, so, like, let's yeah. not give it too much of a hard time. But it's not complex, and it's um, it's just boring. <laughs> so if you love a boring... we're just too spoiled now, Gwen. Maybe. Because I actually can see someone that's like maybe not a huge wine drinker quite enjoying this because it's pretty easy, straightforward. The acidity is not too high. Mm. There's a bit of fruit. So I can see someone that's maybe like not looking for complex, maybe enjoying this. Because that's the thing, like maybe that's it. We're also looking for something. We have greater expectations. And maybe for someone that's like not looking for something too Mm -hmm. difficult, this is probably quite easy to drink. The acidity is not screaming high. It's not like I think that's what I don't like about it. For me, there's not enough acidity. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's so inoffensive and bland. Yeah. It's boring. I think because I actually don't mind the actual flavors. I do think if the acidity was higher, it probably would make it a slightly bit more interesting. Just lacking energy. Yeah, it's like lacking bleep. energy and personality. Yeah, it's all right. It's a little couch feel, potato that doesn't say anything. I feel her. Anything. I feel her. Oh my god, you're like I'm really <laughs> cussing it, aren't I? I don't you're know like why. Speaking to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
just let like the couch potato. That's me. That's me in a bottle. You're not a couch potato. Me. Are you going to use your water glass? Can I tip my? No, let's do it. Yes. Goodbye. Adios. That's mine. The equipment. So this is also your vino. Um, so I'm going to be honest. I'm really honest to open it. I hope that's okay. I didn't curate this. This was like literally just what I had in my fridge. Which I actually quite like the idea that it wasn't too thought out. It was like, oh shit, we need two rosés and I just grabbed what was in the fridge. Yeah, That's Good. what it's about. And exactly. It's... So this is from Chateau du Roquefort, Côte de Provence, Rosé, Corail. Corail? Corail. Yeah, I would. Corail. 2017. Yeah. So this retails for yeah, under 20 euros. Thank you. And this one, if I remember rightly, is a classic Provencal mix. Yeah, it says Syrah, Grenache, Carignan, yep. Sanso, Claret. Yep. So yeah, clay, clay limestone yep. soils. Oh, so let's have a let's have a whiff. Yeah. I like the color of this one too. It's well, that's. Well, um, they it's interesting. This producer actually, there was a wine that I worked with um, that they made one year. The French word for hail is it grey? Grey, yeah, grey. Yeah. So the wine was called that, and basically. Ah. They, um, their vineyards got so heavily hit by yeah. hail that all of their like neighbors yeah. and other winemakers and wineries um, pitched together, gave them some grapes. Amazing. So they put all of the different producers' names on the front of the label, and it was just a one-off thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because you know they obviously wanted yeah. them to like still be able produce to have some revenue. Yeah, um, that's really nice. Yeah, I thought that was such a cool idea and like a really nice story of people sort of teaming up together. But I haven't tasted the wine since actually. Ooh. So I've had this one before, but it's been a while. Definitely, so I guess you know a bit more lively it's pale, than the last but it, one. I, actually, it's got a good color. Actually, yeah, it's a nice color. Yeah. It's uh, slightly it's more on the orangey. Yeah. It's like a neon-y salmon yeah. color, yeah. Nice intensity on nose. Yeah, definitely. Intensity, like, these like floral fruit, like that lovely like herbal co- character on the nose as well. Still, like it makes me thirsty. It's got like a salinity to the smell that makes me want to drink it. Well, it's definitely higher acidity than the last one. This is nice. It's dry. Yeah. It's fresh. It's got a nice fruit mm. to it. Mo- I think you know, like, look. It's not going to like, like if you're a no. wine drinker that loves extreme styles of wine, but this ain't natty wine, like this is, this ain't the wine for you. But for people who want like a clean, well-made, it's like strawberry, silky, yeah, silky like textured. yummy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's delicious. Isn't yeah, it? It's really yum. Just like strawberries and cream with this is the checkbox rose for people's wine list. Like this style where it's dry, it's the right color. It's got the right amount of fruit. It's got this lovely silky texture to it. Um, the aromatics are there, but it's not too overblown. There's a nice integrity to that, that rosé. It's not, it's not trying to do anything just out forward. of the box. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's just a well-made example of Cote de Provence rosé. Yeah. Super yum. Mm. I would definitely save you for later. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that to me or to the one? <laughs> Man, to the I one. would definitely save you for later. <laughs> save you for later. I've got a half pack of Rolos. <laughs> You know, like, what would you do with, with the last roller? I had one the other day though, and I was like, I remember them being so oh, much no. better as a kid. The, the chocolate is so terrible. Yeah. I know it's like it turns white within like minutes of having. Yeah, it, it does. Oh, oh speaking oh, of chocolate have... bars, though, I did have yesterday. I brought home a. You ever eat the crunch chocolate bars? The, no. Oh my god, with the rice puffs in it. In, Cop- mm. in Copenhagen, I bought a. White I know the ones one. with the stripes. Is it it's red, like a blue? blue. Yeah. yeah. So I, they had a white one in Copenhagen. I brought that home. Oh my god, 
I ate it so slow that I can't believe Lucas, like my boyfriend didn't even get a chance to like have a bite. I was eating blackberries. He was watching you and he was like, that's disgusting. And then at the end he was like, oh, you didn't save me some. It's like, that was the most delicious chocolate bar I've had in ages. Blackberries, <laughs> white chocolate. But babe, I forgot time. you were in the room. <laughs> I was like, you have to ask if you want some. I bought my own chocolate bar. <laughs> Figure your own shit out. <laughs> I can kind of imagine him just watching you like, like a little bit of drool coming like, down and he's Moo. like, is she going to give me some of the chocolate bar? Is she going to give me some of the so chocolate good. bar? The dog sitting there too looking at you. Is she going <laughs> to give me some of the chocolate bar? And you're just, no. I think one of my favorite things to do when you go out of town is like raid, raid the snack section at the supermarket. Yeah. Or, or 7-Elevens. Yeah, Japan is the best place. 7-Eleven shopping in the night. I love licorice. I went crazy in Denmark. I was just like, oh my God, today my coworker business partner was saying, she's like, oh, I love those tiny saxophones they sell. And I was like, I think they're pipes. But I loved the what, idea. She thought like, they were saxophones. <laughs> but I love it. It's like the sweetest thing. I was like, I'm never going to look at them the same way again. Do, 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 do. It's like tiny saxophones. It's way better than a pipe. Much more fun than pretending Was to that Wendy? a pipe. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> the tiny saxophone. Oh, man. So we're continuing to drink with this one, so that's a good sign. But I'm very excited about the next one. When we were talking about doing, like, trying these rosés, and what rosés, well, we kind of, it was kind of a bit of a last minute thing how we yeah. put together the selections. It's a bit random, but um, we were also talking about Frosé. Yes. So you designed pins for Frosé Fest. I'm really happening. sad I'm missing it. I'll be in Paris. Yeah. I mean, it will have already happened by the time this comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so you went to yes. Miami. Let's uh, just explain for us why how you, yeah, yeah, why and how. So Emily went to Miami and Americans love this thing called Frosé. And I've been out of North America for so long that it wasn't a thing. And now... But apparently it's been going on for a long time. I was, I was in London. it never hit Canada. I don't know. Yeah, so I was, I was in London recently and I was talking um, with this man called Tor. Mm-hmm. And he um, has some like wine rooms. He has a couple of different wine bars that are called wine rooms. And, um, and I caught up with him and his business partner and... I was telling them about, like, they said, what other events are you doing? Because yeah. like, they came to Unfiltered in Berlin oh, yeah. in um, in May. And so on a side note, we did an event in May during Raw, and it was very fun. And, and they were there, and um, and I caught up with them for a drink, and I said to them, they said, what are you doing next? And I said, oh, we've got Frosé Fest coming <laughs> up. And they were like, oh, and they, I was like, you, you've had Frosé, right? And they said, yes, we, they've been serving I'm still Fro- a Frosé virgin. But, yeah, but they've been serving Frosé for years and really? years. Yeah, he said they've been doing it for such a long right. time. So they're probably one of the only places in London that are doing Frosé. So what is the, break this down. So when I was like, when I think about it, is it like wine, strawberry, daiquiri and vodka or something? Well, kind of. Everybody's got a different recipe for Frosé, but All basically, right. I mean... As it's quite easy to work out from the name, frozen rose, <laughs> frose. Yeah. And I sort of first heard about frose for a friend because it sort of took off in Melbourne, like maybe two years ago or three years ago. So people were like, and they were doing it with like some of the natural wine guys, like Patrick Sullivan. Like you saw pictures of people like opening the bottles, like pouring them into these like slushy machines and making slushy out of it. Yeah. And I was, at the time, I was a little bit like, I think I sort of snobbed it off. I was like, that's, what that sounds doing? way too yeah. hipster and ridiculous. And then actually, I was in Miami again, like, so I was working on the list for Chotomate and, um, and, and I went out with, um, 
this woman called Laura De Pasquale. She's an, uh, an MS. Yeah. Super, super, you'd love her actually. She's super sassy, super intelligent, <laughs> like an absolute gun. And anyway, I had a tasting with her. Well, actually, I tasted this rosé that we're about to taste next with her. And um, we just got chatting and uh, and she said, come on, we'll go out for dinner next week. Let's meet. And so I met, met her for dinner and I mentioned to her that, like, I really want to try rosé yeah. because everybody's doing <laughs> rosé yeah. in every restaurant in Miami. It's like a thing. And she said, okay, what we'll do is we'll wind up the sommelier saying that, like, you love frosé. You oh only want to drink frosé. <laughs> this amazing sommelier, but you just love frosé. And I was like, yeah, I'm up for it. So I get oh there. Oh, my God. Was, she's so sweet. that We went to, like, Boulud and there's a sommelier there called Hannah. And she's and I sat down and she came out with a frosé for me. Oh I didn't even God. have to order it. It's just super amazing. sweet. And it was so delicious. And her recipe was, um, or the recipe that they were using at the restaurant was, so it's, it's like a frozen daiquiri, like in, in, yeah. in, in the same way that it's a slushy, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So an icy drink. And, um, they were using, I can't remember what, I think they were using a ridiculous rose, like Tompier or something stupid, oh like a really like high super quality. Super over the top, yeah. Yeah, so they were using like a really high quality rose, I believe, and they were mixing it with two different types of vermouth. Mm. Um, so that was the sweetening right. yeah. element. Um, and that was very, very good. But I know that some people mix in like sugar syrup yeah. or liqueurs, like triple sec yeah. or even spirits. But yeah, we won't be doing that for Frosé Fest. We're doing... <laughs> You're like, keep these Berlinists, yeah, gonna... like keep them calm. You yeah. don't want to like get them all riled up. So we're going to do, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do like, yeah, basically frozen, this, a similar thing. So it's, it's okay. Rosé with vermouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Sounds like really wine-based nice and... products. Yeah, yeah. yummy. And, uh, yeah, so you've designed the t-shirts for that, which is going to be amazing. They're Miami Vice. Yeah, they're like Miami Vice. I love that every time someone sees it, they go, wow, Miami Vice. Yeah, so we're going to serve frozen rosé and Alan's going to cook, like he's going to grill food in the courtyard and it's going to be completely unpretentious. Um, Adam and, uh, his friend Ollie are DJing and yeah, so it's basically like music. These are people that work at the restaurant, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's really fun. It's like all of us um, that work together. So we've got someone doing food, grilling it. So the idea is you just get in there with your hands. It's like yeah, no fun. cutlery. Finger, Especially like one of the things I love about the events at Micklebigger in the in the courtyard because the courtyard's so lovely and it's so not pretentious when you're out there. Like yeah, all it's the like barbecues and stuff. Yeah, it's so nice. I have to say, like, I thought, I totally thought Frozo was going to be disgusting because I was like, <laughs> oh, this is... I know it just that? sounds also like really American. Just this idea to like take something that's lovely and then make it insane. But Gwen, you drink a Verstramina, mate. Hey, <laughs> we can drink kitsch drinks together. Okay. <laughs> Why is it so sad that Verstramina has like entered this like kitsch like section? Because the homo one Gwen, is so young. Hashtag Gwen and her grandma Verstramina. It's gonna be like Gwen Verstramina. <laughs> Hashtag Gwen Wurtstraminer. So, I, you know, I'm happy that we kept the other glass of this one too because I do love that. Yeah, gosh, you've been racing along. I had a few bottles last night. That's all, actually, yesterday was the only other day that I had something to drink. And, um, yeah, I had the Kopic Grüneveltliner oh. from Austria. Which yeah, filtered. Yeah. So is this the next one already? Yeah, I just poured it Oh, my it God, it you. smells amazing. Yeah. This one's super light colored. Syrupy. I don't know if it's that light though, because I remember tasting this. I have to. Put no, a I mean like on. color. The color is quite light. I'm just saying the color is quite light, but the viscosity is like. But it's quite. I find it's this very. Thick. Yeah, it's very orange as well, though. Yeah, it's really a, super orange, like yeah. on, onion skin sort of yeah, color. Totally. 
And um, but it's got some like what's the percentage of this? Yeah. So um, so Clos Clo Sibon Sibon mm-hmm. and uh, yeah Cuvée Tradition Rosé. Um, and I believe that it is 2015. Yeah. So it's a Cote de Provence Cru Classé Rosé. Oh, it smells um, really yum. And actually, it was quite new for me. Like. I was actually amazed that I discovered this wine in, in Miami with Laura, as I mentioned. With um, love that you have to go Diesel. so far away to discover something like not. That yeah, far but you know, like because now I work in in three different markets at yeah, the right. moment: the UK, Germany, and um, now Florida, soon to be Toronto as well. It's interesting because certain wines are bigger in other markets. Yeah, totally. Like, I've discovered stuff that you, you like. There's stuff you just, that's so. Yeah. For example, yeah. like Rock Danglad is like very popular in right. in Berlin. But those wines are almost unheard of. You don't see them on like restaurant lists. But it's in something London. that I'm always like fascinated by different markets. So being in Copenhagen recently, because it's not a wine region, they're so much more open to the idea of wines from different regions. So like we, were, you know, I was in Helsingor, a tiny town, and they had so many Washington State and Californian Pinots on their wine list. I think also like, that people are willing to spend more well, on wine I mean, there as well. Of course. Because, but there's but also when you more... Don't, when you people, don't, it's a more affluent country sure, as well. Sure, but when you don't have your own wine region, because this is what happens in Europe, everyone is like, they just stick to what they... You know, the French love to drink French wine, yeah. the Germans drink their own wine, Austrians. I mean, you can't get an Austrian to your dinner party without a Gruner Wettliner. You know, you need wines from where they're from. But because they don't have their own wines, they just have this super open mind about wines from all over the world. So I was really impressed with wine lists, even at small places in Denmark, that were just a bit more varied, more interesting regions on there. Yeah. So it's nice to see that different regions have a different pull to different things. I mean, you see it with food anyway, and it depends on the importers, the distributors, like how, they, how they're sure. selling it. Yeah, so I, I'd i never seen these wines in London, like but say I've tra- you know I know the path well in London. Like I, I've tasted, I've been to so many tastings, and I know many of the importers. So I, I don't actually know this is even in in the UK or not. Um, but I discovered this when I was in Miami. It's on the list at Chotto in in Miami too, because I kind of fell in love with the wine straight away. Gosh, these wines like they have so much personality and soul and story. Okay, it's not super old winery, but I think oh, they've been making wine mm. since the 30s. Um, the labels themselves absolutely beautiful like so French old French yeah it almost for me when I first saw the label I thought it almost looked like a beer yeah it has that like tavern like inn kind of look about it yeah you know a historical label that probably hasn't changed for a long time time. I did write some stuff down um we were talking a little bit about it. You asked me before. Sorry, I've went on a bit of a long. It's all right. Tangents story. are good. We like tangents. Yeah. Um, so this. Um, oh, it dates this back to seventeen ninety seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the labels here. I said it with its oh, yeah. fa- fabulous. Like, I was. I just referenced my good friend Jamie Good, and his blog earlier, and I looked at it, and he said uh, that the labels date back to the nineteen thirty. So it probably goes back longer than that so you asked about grape varieties so this particular mm-hmm. one the cuvee tradition is a blend of tiburon and grenache so 90 percent and 10 percent grenache they have to add the grenache in apparently for the appellation for it to be allowed to be called Cote de provence um and we talked about that earlier actually yes. about the fact that he had to the owner had to um he work had to, on being yeah. able to put the grape on the label as well it's, quite unusual yeah. to be able to do that so he worked with the AOC to be able to put the grape on the label yeah which so, I think is cool yeah it is cool so, and I had never heard of this um I've never heard of this grape variety before 
media yeah, until last first... night when you told me you were bringing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I totally thought this is really interesting. So a little bit of information about it originating from Greece. Um, it was imported to Italy by the ancient Greeks. Um, and it's named after the Tiber River. And ah, then eventually cool. it made its way to France because Caesar bought it with him and established it. Like then it was established in Provence. So it actually came over with, Napoleon. with Caesar. Yeah. Yes. Which is like, that's for me, that's quite interesting. And then it said, um, obviously phylloxera then hit Europe. And what we saw was so many vines being pulled up and other things were replanted. And this was one of the great varieties that was quite difficult because it it has quite uneven yields, mm-hmm. uneven ripeness. It's quite susceptible to disease as well. Um, so it requires a lot more work in the vineyard than other varieties. So obviously at the point where phylloxera hit and they had to replant different grape varieties, are you always going to choose the difficult job? No, but that's what I really love yeah. about this idea that like the person, like these guys really fell in love with this grape. Yeah. And I think this is definitely then a labor of love. So um, the owner of the winery today, Claude, his great-grandfather grafted it and then replanted it in the, they've got a 16 hectare vineyard very close to the sea. Um, and because they're quite close to the sea, it reduces the pressure for disease and things like that yeah. because you've got these fresh, this fresh air just sort of drying Circular things out. Right yeah, yeah. More people should take care of these like native sort of indigenous grapes to areas. Yeah. And it's you know, it's sad if they get, you know, we don't need more Merlots in the world or we don't need more, you know, it's nice to have things You've that been are watching from sideways. Place. No, I've never seen that film. Oh my God, you need to see that. I've, I've got the book it. as well, actually. No, I've never seen oh it. Oh my God, I think I might have the DVD. I have to give it to you. Oh, no. I'm going to look downstairs for it after. But, Do you um, think I have a DVD player? One of these stupid Macs that doesn't have even like a hole for the DVD player. Okay, so what you need to do is you need to go <laughs> online. You need to buy one of those external drives. Yeah, I'll give I you know. This is like, I'm sure you can stream it. I could probably stream it on Amazon yeah, Prime. No, so it's, a, it's like a comedy. I've say, heard of it. wine, yeah, yeah. set in west coast of the u.s right. and napa valley basically and this guy's like going for a bit of a rough time and the whole time he's like i'm not drinking any fucking merlot and it's like <laughs> it's really yeah, why it's, i picked yeah. merlot it just it seemed like the thing that i don't want to drink more of <laughs> i know poor merlot it's had a hard time lately i, I know maybe it's like it's due for a res- like a, a reinvention anyway let's have a sniff that's why i meant yeah that's why i meant that i lost my <laughs> now i've gone off on time it's okay yeah, interesting nose actually because immediately um, you've got these lovely sort of fruit notes. Yeah, because at first the very first sniff tangerine, I got, I thought it's got, I, at first I thought strawberry right away, but you're right with the tangerine. There is that little sort of tangerine. Um, oh, it smells so good. It's really like, like red currant. It's really interesting. You're right though; it does smell like strawberries, but cherries. like wild strawberries, like yeah. little delicious wild strawberries. But it, I like that big. it's like not just fruit. Like no, it's also like, like it's say like quite savory. Like yeah. it smelled almost a bit tarry at first. Yeah, you know, like it when has smell Nebbiolo. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, like an earthiness to it. Yeah, I love the smell. I would I would wear this like a perfume. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I would wear. This I would wear this totally. I would. I would bathe in this wine. Yeah, it smells good. And this is something I really remember from when I tasted it. The texture of the wine is incredible. Mm. When you try roses like this, it really makes you rethink like the tick box rose right. category. I think it's definitely. Pa- I mean, it's definitely got some alcohol on it. I don't. Do you think so? Thirteen point five. I checked. Yeah, which is not very much. But maybe there's been some malolactic there because it's got this creamy, does, dairy, yeah, yeah. lactic note totally. to it. 
which I think is what's giving it more texture. I think when I breathed out, there's that little like the little hot note. Really, I didn't, yeah, a little I didn't bit. find it hot at all. Yeah, I find, it, do a tiny I find bit. it dry, complex, like fine. This sort of silky, but like at the same time, like a dense structure to it. But it, it's light at the end. And it's nice because it you have that balance. Long, yeah, you have that mm. balance of the fruit, but the fruit's subtle. And then you've got this like, yeah, the slightly taste, earthy, the, yeah. sappy sort of finish. It's- I love when you have a wine that smells more strongly of fruit than it tastes. I kind of like the the mind melding of the smell and the taste together not being yeah. sometimes I like to smell fruit so you more find than it I interesting like, like when the nose doesn't match the yeah palate. I love that yeah yeah because I feel like it's when you eat a dish where you smell something and you don't taste it I think it messes with your brain a little bit but it's nice that wine I would be very happy to sit at any table that that wine served obviously I'm biased I've kept that little Corbin bottle in the fridge for ages because mm. I've been waiting for the right time to crack it and then when you said let's talk about rose I was like oh we can get it <laughs> Well, that's really nice. I was sort of saving it. Oh, yeah. it just lasts forever in your mouth. It's that yeah. finishes long, long, long. Mm. Oh, so good! Such good wine. But you're right. But I also think if you gave this to somebody blind, they probably—I don't know what they would immediately think. Rosé? Do you think? But I don't think no, I would. You say that, but I actually—I think if I was given this blind in a black glass. Yeah. Or I was blindfolded, yeah, yeah. let's say. I reckon I would think it was a white wine. Yeah, I don't think I would like yeah. immediately think rosé. I know it smells really... I really love the smell the most. Contemplative wine. Mm. What would you serve this with? With itself. Yeah. I think... You know, I actually but I think, think it could be handle. Good. Do you know what I think this would be really good with? Actually, kind of like grilled lamb or something. Yeah, or not even that. Like, um, like Japanese food. There's like an oh, yeah. umaminess mm, to it. So yes, even like right. enoki mushroom, like a mushroom yes. broth or something, it could be quite interesting. Oh with. yeah, super. Yes, I totally with, see or that. With something that's like, like imagine like enoki mushroom, slightly smoked, like something yeah, totally even like Scandinavian food. Yep. Could be interesting because it, it can handle something from the sea. You know, it definitely has enough yeah. to deal with seaweed or any of those kind of flavors do you know what there was a dish um when i because i used to work at attica in melbourne yep. and there was a dish that ben used to make and it was pearl oyster meat uh, that was just really like it was so tender like just cooked it was served in like a shiitake broth with mm. like um some red radish and it was lovely because you have this lovely delicate meat which is almost like pearl oyster meat it's like it's almost like a bit more like a scallop than an yep. oyster um, so you have that and then like this, like very sort of viscous, like thickened mushroom stock with it. And then the brightness of the radish. Radish just sort of gave oh, it a I bit of a bite. So yeah. Much. And, um, it, like something like that would be amazing yeah, lovely. with this wine. Yeah, you're right with it. Because it's quite me. harmonious, this yeah. wine. It's not, I think, you know, with some rosés, unfortunately I thought the Kek Rancosh was going to have yeah, a Yeah, I thought it was going to be much more it. interesting. Yeah. But like it's some of those richer, like more tannic, darker coloured, yeah. rosado, Spanish yeah. rosado styles are really great with like barbecued foods. But something like this, it's like yeah, it's quite sophisticated yeah. and it's got it doesn't harmony. need, yeah. My mind goes to like Nordic cuisine yeah. or Japanese food. I did say when I, th- when I was thinking like grilled lamb, like, I did yeah. imagine tiny little bits of like boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Like something tiny. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Delicate, refined. Yeah, super yum. Hmm. So what's the price of something like this retail? I mean, I don't think this is the kind of one you can buy at a shop. I'm, you probably can from the right shop. It's not something that would be easy to get hold of. Oh, I actually don't know the price of it in Europe. But I know the price in... What's, the, Amer- what's the American price? Because I think it's interesting to also show you get what you pay for a little bit too. I mean, there's different... On the list in Miami, it's like $60 in the restaurant. 
So um, you'd so probably you buy, buy it for like 35 or something? No, 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 no. At a shop? I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, a so shop, not like... Oh, yeah, so price. a shop. I imagine it would be a similar price to like yeah. Tompier Rosé or a little yeah. bit cheaper. Right. Um, so, so like think, at home, like a 25 to 30 euro mark? Yeah, like 20 pounds a bottle or yeah, 25, so 25 euros. euros. Some, yeah, I okay. imagine. I'd have to double check that. But, but that um, seems like a really good value yeah. for 25 euros would be... I would pay 25 euros for that wine. I'd probably mm. pay a bit more, to be honest. But I do like the idea that we have a different price points here that you can kind of see that there's lots of different things yeah, that think, you can be drinking for different prices. Yeah, somewhere around sort of, yeah, t- late teens to 20. It says yeah. online on a wine shop online. I always feel like those wine shops online are lying. <laughs> yeah. I always probably. feel like they're like giving you like too much of a... <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, we've tried four four different, let's say four different styles, because they're a little bit, well, or three different styles, so we tried... I think they're pretty different, yeah. Yeah, like we've tried the Pet Nat, which is the Lambrusco, which is a style of wine I totally recommend for people to just... Love it. Get stuck into, enjoy, don't make it complicated, don't think about it, just be free and embrace the wine for what it is, and don't make it complicated, because it's not complicated right. wine. Um, and then we've got like two Provencal rosés that are very different in style, which is right. quite interesting. Well, they're similar, yeah. but different yeah, at the same exactly. time. So you can see One is line. like easy drinking and straightforward, and the other one is a bit more complex. You know, I feel bad that this one wasn't a the hit. You feel bad that the Hummel... Yeah, because I actually love the idea that we move away a little bit from France and those areas to look at Eastern Europe. I kind of wish we had an, like a North American rosé, actually. Because it would have been nice to have a little look at that bad boy. I can nip round to the Spatie and get a, a bottle of <laughs> oh like God, Blossom Hills Zinfandel Blanc. No, <laughs> it'll probably be as good. It probably no. Stop it. It might be nice. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> no, good. Could be. Let's not. Let's not. No. But I think it's also nice to say that there are lots of. Other regions other than France that make Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. It's so cool to get people introduced to a different region, different producer, like especially, you're right, like Hungarian wine, Polish wine. I've been trying a lot of wine from Bulgaria lately. And I think definitely these wines, they need People need to... Exactly. And and I think, you know, it's interesting. There's some good stuff. I think both you and I are fans of Hummel, but I think that wine in particular is just not ticking the box. I do also think that, yeah, people just need to not be afraid of wines from places they don't always see on wine lists. So, you know, if you live in a small place and your local favorite restaurant just has French wines or just has Italian wines, sometimes there's a snobbery around this certain regions and it's nice to just try whatever, you know, like you, you'll know what you like. Don't let other people dictate what you should be drinking. Yes, you know, like even look, we tried two like Provencal rosés today. And come on, different they know what they're doing, and they're yeah. different. But you know, there is a line and there's a style that certainly so you know for people. I understand why people say oh, I want a Proven- Provencal totally. rosé because they know what they're going to get because they're buying the brand, right? Absolutely. Which is like okay, I'm having a dry, pale skinned rosé, like it's right. more delicate and it's fresh, and you know, right. That's, that's Easy people, drinking. Yeah, that's yeah. what people are buying into. And I think, you know, we all sometimes like what is familiar. Sure. And safe. Totally. And, We're all guilty of that. And today, you know, 
Uh, they showed themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah step I know. Out of the box. But I do think that it is. Yeah. I mean, this one wasn't an expensive step out of the box. But I do think it's. There are some surprises sometimes, and I think they're worth a try. I agree. I think sometimes it. Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith. It didn't work for us today. <laughs> But it's not to say it couldn't have been great. Keep drinking pink. <laughs> yes. Drink all the pink. Think pink, drink bon pink. Bon courage. Drink pink. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cheers. I mean, I've got barely anything less yeah. in my glass, but... <laughs>